0: He is risen! He is risen indeed! Happy Resurrection Day to everyone. God bless you. This is Pastor Brian from Chapel of Change, and uh, we are just excited today to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Wasn't that a blessing to see young Nathaniel quote three chapters of the entire Bible? That was huge, huge. I hope it inspires you uh, to read and even memorize Scripture uh, more often. Well... Welcome, everyone, to our resurrection celebration online. He is risen, and he is risen indeed. If this is your first time watching, God bless you. Thanks for tuning in. We broadcast twice a week uh, from this uh, Paramount location, Thursday night, as well as Sunday at 10 a.m. By the way, if you have not done already, please hit share if you're watching on Facebook. Even if you're watching on YouTube, of Change TV YouTube, hit share so that other people can uh, tune in to the Word this morning. Now. As we think of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, what I want to bring to our attention this morning is that the resurrection of Jesus Christ is the greatest display of power in all of history. It is the greatest display. Of power in all of history when we think of displays of power we think of a hurricane that can uh, literally wipe out whole cities or maybe we think of a tsunami that can flood nations or maybe we think of the atomic bomb you know a couple of years ago sadly uh, the united states dropped what they referred to as the mother of all bombs in the nation of afghanistan and they said the blast was so big that extended a mile wide in every direction as we contemplate displays of power in human history it is important to note that the resurrection of jesus christ remains the greatest display of power. In the resurrection, God triumphed over hell and the grave. In the resurrection, God broke the grip of darkness over our lives. In the resurrection, God freed us from shame and guilt. I like how Colossians chapter 2, verse 15, in the contemporary English version, describes what Jesus did. It says, Christ defeated all powers and forces. He let the whole world see them being led away as prisoners when he celebrated his victory. Praise be to the Lord God Almighty. There's no power like resurrection power. Power to restore your life. Power to heal your heart. Power to restore your broken heart. Restore your marriage. Power to deliver you. Even power to save your kids. Today, as we reflect upon the resurrection of Jesus Christ and we look to the Word of God, I want us to focus on what the power of, of the resurrection of Jesus Christ brings. What does the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ brings? And let's turn in our Bibles to John chapter 20, verse 19 through 29. John chapter 20, verse 19 through 29. This is the kind of the evening of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, where the Lord appears To his disciples. And let's read this and kind of focus in on what Jesus brings. John chapter 20, verse 19 says, Then the same day of evening, which is the resurrection, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in the midst and said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. So Jesus said to them, Again, peace to you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit, if you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. Look at verse 24. Now Thomas, called twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples therefore said to him, We have seen the Lord. So he said to them, Unless I see the hands, uh, the print of the nails, and put my finger into the print of nails, of the nails, and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. And after eight days, his disciples were again inside, and Thomas with them. Jesus came, the doors being shut, and stood in the mist, and said, get this, third time, peace to you. Then he said to Thomas, reach your finger here, and look at my hands, and reach your hand here, and put it in my side. Do not be unbelieving, but believing. And Thomas answered and said to Jesus, my Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen yet have believed. Now my brothers and sisters and friends, I want to bring to our reflection this morning that resurrection power brings peace. Resurrection power brings peace. As we look at this encounter with Jesus, it's important to note the emotional and the physical conditions of the disciples in this text. Right now, what we're looking at is the disciples being arrested by fear. They have been quarantined by fear. They, they fear for their lives. They fear for their future. They are so overcome by fear that they lock themselves up in a room. Fear will have you lock yourself up. Fear will have you voluntarily give up that which the Lord has given to you. I remember when I was in the Los Angeles County Jail at 18 years old. Uh, they put me in a a hallway with some of the worst juveniles of LA County Jail and it was dark. It was pretty scary. But we didn't go anywhere. We were locked in our cells for a long, long time. And when new people came into the hallway and they went into their cell, they didn't realize that we we didn't go nowhere. They didn't realize that we were locked down 24 hours a day. But The environment was so fearful, the environment was so, so dark that the other inmates that were there for a long time would threaten the new inmates, would threaten to take away their clothes or their shoes, and even though we were protected by the cell, the new inmates that didn't know that we were in the cell 24 hours a day, they would voluntarily give up their shoes, or they would voluntarily give up their possessions out of fear, Out of fear, fear will have you voluntarily voluntarily give up that which is rightfully yours. But what I love about our resurrected Jesus is that he breaks into the disciples' fears. He stands with them in the midst of their fears. Remember verse 19, it says that Jesus came and stood in their midst. Jesus came and stood in the midst of their fears. Now remember, this is the greatest day in all of history. This is the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Jesus overcame hell and the death uh, and death on this day. He could have been in heaven celebrating. He could have been celebrating amongst all the angels in heaven, yet instead, Jesus hunts down the disciples to destroy their fear. That's the Jesus we serve. That's the Jesus we love. Now remember... These are the same disciples that abandoned Jesus when he was on the cross. These are the same disciples that abandoned Jesus. Yet Jesus still searches them out to give them peace. He searches them out to give them what they do not deserve. That's good news. That's the grace of God. That's the compassion of our Savior. Now, I want to call your attention to the first words Jesus gave them. But they are more than just words because words contain power. They contain life. I want to call your attention to verse 13. It says, Jesus said, peace be with you. Then in verse 21, again, it says, Jesus said, again, peace to you. And then again in verse 26, it says, Jesus said a third time, peace to you. Now, remember, The resurrection power of Jesus Christ brings peace to our anxious lives. It brings peace to our anxious lives. In fact, the prophet Isaiah in chapter 53, verse 5, prophesied that Jesus' death would bring us peace. It says, but he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. Get that. Through his punishment, we have peace. Through his crucifixion, we have peace. Through his resurrection, we have peace. And I like what Jesus said in John chapter 14, verse 27, the New Living Translation. It says, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give as a gift, the world cannot give. See, you can't get this type of peace uh, from the world. You can't get this type of peace in a pill. You can't get this type of peace in a bottle. You can't get this type of peace with money. You can't get this type of peace in a relationship. You need to be connected to Jesus. Jesus needs to be your connection. Now, there are three types of peace that Jesus brings to our life through his resurrection. Three types of peace. Number one, there's eternal peace. Number two, there's internal peace. And thirdly, there is external peace. Let me break that down so that we could understand a a little better. First, Jesus gives us eternal peace. This is peace with God. Jesus came to give us peace with God the Father. That's what the scripture teaches. 2 Corinthians 5.18 says, God has done it all. He sent Christ to make peace between himself and us. Romans chapter 5, verse 1 says, we have peace with God through the Lord Jesus Christ. So, through his life, through his death, And through his resurrection, Jesus secured for us a peace treaty with God. That's what the resurrection does. Now, think about it. Because if we remain in conflict with God, it will negatively affect everything about us. We have conflict with ourselves and we have conflict with others. You know why? You know what the root of it is? It's because we have conflict with God. It's because we have conflict with God. You can't have peace with others until you have peace with God. You can't have peace with with yourself until you have peace with God. And today, through his resurrection, Jesus Christ offers us peace with God. He offers us a peace treaty. In Job chapter 22, verse 23, it says, If you return to the Almighty, you will be restored. Secondly, Jesus gives us internal peace. This is peace inside of us. More specifically, this is the peace of God, the peace of God. You see, when you have peace with God, it gives you access to the peace of God. You see that? Salvation gives us the peace uh, with God And once you get the peace with God, then it gives you access to the peace of God. This is peace inside of us. This is peace inside of us that gives you power to face your fears with faith. This is the peace inside of us that empowers us to stand in the midst of the storms in life. My brothers and sisters, God's peace doesn't mean your life will be problem-free it means that even when your world seems to be falling apart, you'll be able to think clearly, sleep peacefully, and still move forward. Peace is for the bad days, not the good days. Peace is for the bad days, not the good days. And we all have bad days, but we all don't have the peace of God. I love what Philippians chapter 4 Verse 6 and 7 says in the Philippians, Philip's translation, it says, don't worry over anything, whatever. Tell God every detail of your needs in earnest and thankful prayer. And get this, this is part of our privilege right here. And the peace of God, which transcends human understanding, will keep constant guard over your hearts and minds as they rest In Christ Jesus. That's the privilege that you and I have when we have peace with God. We get the peace of God. Now friends, there are over 790 verses in the Bible about the peace of God. God has a promise of peace for every problem you may face. For those who have a broken heart, God gives us comforting peace. For those who have a confused heart, God gives us guiding peace. For those who have financial problems, God gives us financial peace. I remember when I was released from prison in 2008 by the mercy of God after serving 16 years in prison. At that time, my wife was a real estate investor, and she was very good at what she did. We had several investment homes across the United States. And when I came out of prison, I thought, man, I'm going to be rolling. Like, I'm going to be prosperous, right? And then in 2008, the historical financial crash happened in the United States. And it affected us uh, big time. We started to lose investment properties. And then ultimately, uh, we lost the home That we were living in and we had to get out of our home and we had to move to like one of the kind of not so better areas of the community and I remember in the midst of that storm God uh, gave me peace he gave me peace and I knew that the Lord would one day work it out and that peace gave me the strength to get up every day that peace Gave my marriage the strength to withstand uh, the problems that financial problems bring uh, on marriages. God gave us peace that he was working it out. And did you know, beloved, by the mercy of God, about a year and a half ago, a year and a half ago, the Lord empowered my wife and I to purchase our very first home together. Together! That's the, that's the grace of God. That's the peace of God. And on top of that, the realtor gave me the keys to our new home on my birthday. It just just worked out that way. By the mercy of God, that the transaction took place in such a way that on my birthday, God handed me the keys to the first home that my wife and I purchased together. I'm telling you, the peace of God will strengthen you to withstand anything the world may throw at you. Now, thirdly, Jesus gives us external peace. External peace this is peace with others this is relational peace you see the further we get from God the more it messes up everything about us the more out of whack we are uh, with God the more out of whack we will be with others and I always kind of encourage people you want to strengthen your relationship with your your marriage then strengthen your relationship with God. You want to strengthen your marriage? Strengthen your relationship with God. You want to strengthen your relationship with your kids? Then strengthen your, your relationship with God. And oftentimes people put it off on, on the other person when it comes to relational conflict. And I, I always point them to them. Strengthen your relationship with God because out of the overflow of your relationship with God, it will strengthen your relationship with others. The Bible even says in Proverbs sixteen seven that when people's lives please the Lord, even their enemies will be at peace with them. In fact, the word peace in Hebrew comes from the word shalom, which means wholeness and restoration. See, the peace of God, this external peace of God, uh, restores our relationship with one another. It restores our relationship With one another. It'll restore your relationship with your kids. It'll restore your relationship with your husband or your wife. It'll restore your relationship with your grandma. It'll restore your relationship with your boss or that friend that you grew up and something came between you and her. It'll restore your relationship. You strengthen your relationship with God. It will restore your relationship with others. I remember in my story, I used to resist my father. I used to resist my dad's wisdom. And I would literally run away from my dad. Like he would literally try to, you know, in, to protect me. He would literally try to hold me down to keep me from going out. And I would break the grip of my dad. And our relationship was strained and it was, it was broken. Um, but I testify to you today that, that the peace of God has restored my relationship with my earthly dad has restored it. Why? Because peace brings back to wholeness. Peace brings back to restoration. And today, my father and I, we serve together in the church. I want to I use that as encouragement for you that maybe you have a broken relationship. Will strengthen your relationship with your, with your heavenly father and it will affect your relationship with your earthly father. This weekend, we heard the story and testimony of Brother Vaughn and his wife, Yvonne and we heard how brother Vaughn was serving the Lord but then he backslid and he he left God and he he left his family and he left his kids and his his wife was brokenhearted and his kids were of course brokenhearted but, but but years later when he had his prodigal son experience and he came to, to an awakening and he turned back to the father and he repented from his sins, the Lord began to restore his relationship, begin to restore his relationship with his wife, restore his relationship with his kids, and to this to this day, there him and his wife are serving together in our church that's a demonstration of the peace of God God gives us he gives us eternal peace he gives us internal peace and then he gives us external peace lastly I want to I want to end our study on this this truth that resurrection power changes the purpose of Of our pain. It changes the purpose of our pain. I want you to see something that happens in John chapter 20. I want you to see something. Thomas is stuck in unbelief. He says, I don't believe that Jesus rose from the grave. I can't believe that. That's just too big for me to believe. I can't believe that. He's stuck in unbelief. But I want you to notice what Jesus does to inspire Thomas to believe. I want you to notice, in John chapter 20, what does Jesus do to inspire faith in Thomas's heart? You know what he does? Jesus shows Thomas the scars of his wounds. Remember? Jesus told Thomas, look at my hands. When he said, look at my hands, he wasn't saying, look at my ring. No, he was saying, look at the scars of my wounds. He said, put your hand on my side. Put it in in my side. What is Jesus doing? Jesus is showing Thomas the scars of his wounds. These are the same wounds that were caused by the soldiers that pierced his hands. These are the same wounds that were caused by the soldiers that stabbed his side. These are the same wounds that was caused by Satan to try to stop Jesus. But look what the resurrection does. Don't skip this. Look what the resurrection does. What, what, what Satan did to Jesus to cause pain is now being used to cause faith. Get this. What Satan did to cause Jesus pain because of the resurrection, it is now being used to cause Faith in Thomas' heart. Thomas looks at Jesus' wounds and he responds in faith, saying, my Lord and my God. It was the scars, it was the wounds, it was the transforming power of the resurrection that, that caused Thomas to respond in faith. My brothers and sisters, resurrection power changes the purpose of our pain. Satan caused that pain in your life to stop you Satan caused that pain to keep you in emotional wreck. Satan caused that pain to hold you back. But God wants to heal you. God wants to heal you and use those same scars to, to, to create faith in other people's lives. I love what Apostle Paul says in Philippians chapter 1, verse 12. He's in prison. He had just got beat down. He just got kind of tortured in prison and he writes to the, to the believers in Philippians chapter 1, verse 12. He says, now I want you to know that what has happened to me, what has happened to me, what is that? The pain, the per- problems, the persecutions. Get what he says. He says, what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. God changed the purpose of his pain. I like what Paul says in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 10. He says, I endure everything for the sake of the elect that they may obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. So he makes a connection somehow in God's eternal plan. There's a connection between Paul enduring his persecution, enduring his pain, and others being saved, and others believing God, and others uh, being inspired with faith. There's a connection between Paul's pain and their purpose. I, you know, I travel across the United States and I tell my story, my testimony on how God delivered me. And I've been privileged and blessed to see many people across the United States surrender to the Lord Jesus Christ. Many people get filled with, with, with faith and many people rededicate their life to the Lord by telling my story. But do you know what I'm actually doing? Do you know what I'm really actually doing when I go across the nation telling my story? You know what I'm doing? I'm just showing my scars. I'm just doing basically what Jesus did. I'm just showing my scars and and my, my, my healed scars, my healed wounds by the resurrection of the Jesus Christ is inspiring faith in other people. In fact, I remember one time I was in Illinois and I was sharing my testimony And I felt the power of God, and people surrendered to the Lord that night, and afterwards, this sweet lady, uh, she came up to me, and she said, oh my goodness, Brian, it must be painful for you to share your story over and over again. She said, it must be painful. And I looked that sweet lady in the eye, and I said, no, no, it's not. It's not painful. In fact, it's joyful because it inspires people to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. And and on top of that, it assures me, it reassures me that my pain was not in vain, that my suffering was not in vain, but my pain now has a purpose because of the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. Maybe this is why, maybe this is why the Bible says, they that sow in tears will reap in joy." My brothers and sisters, there's power in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And in order to access access that power, you must surrender your heart to the Lord. You must surrender your life to the Lord. In fact, in fact, through the resurrection, Jesus calls you to surrender calls you to surrender, surrender your heart, surrender your broken heart, surrender your broken life to Him, and He, in turn, will give you resurrection power and peace. If you're watching today and you feel that God is calling you to surrender to Him and and you want to respond to the grace of God today, I I want to pray with you right where you're at. I want to lead you in a simple prayer of surrender that you too can experience this peace, this this peace, this eternal peace, this internal peace, and this external peace so that you too can experience your wounds being changed from that pain to purpose. If you're watching today, I compel you to surrender your life to the Lord right now. It doesn't take much. If you're one, I want to encourage you. Lift up your hands toward that monitor. As an act of surrender and I'll lead you in a simple prayer that will change the direction of your eternity lift up your hand lift up your hand to that monitor if you want to surrender to the Lord Jesus Christ let me lead you in prayer say this prayer from your heart Lord God I am sorry I messed up Lord God I confess I am far from you. But today, I surrender my heart. Today, I surrender my life. Today, I turn from my sins, and I turn back to you. Come into my heart, Jesus. Be my Lord, and be my Savior. I surrender in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Friends, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. If you said that prayer today, I want you to know that the Bible teaches that the angels in heaven are rejoicing because you have been put right back with the Father. If you surrendered your life, Uh, to the Lord as a result of this message, uh, I want to encourage you to get a hold of us. Contact us through Facebook. Go to our webpage, chapletchange.org. Send us an email. We want to help you walk out your salvation. We want to help you grow in the Lord. Make sure you contact us. We'll put a number uh, on the screen at the end of this message where you can text your name and we'll get into contact with you because your journey has just begun. Just begun! God has a life for you to live now, and he has a plan for you to fulfill. Now, friends, we're going to transition to prepare our hearts for our resurrection offering. If you've been part of of Change or you've been following along, you know that every Easter Sunday our church gives a special double offering we give a double offering in honor of Jesus' death and Jesus' resurrection we get to sacrifice for the cause of Jesus on this earth so I want to encourage you get out that double offering prepare your hearts to give after I dismiss With a blessing, you can log on to our webpage, uh, chapelofchange.org. Hit the giving button, and you can give that way. Also, if you want to give in person, uh, you still have time. We have five to six in-person services a weekend: Saturday night, 5 p.m. in Whittier, 9 a.m. in Carson, 9:30 Paramount, 11:30 Paramount, and then 5 p.m on Sunday in Carson. You could still have time to make our 5 p.m. service in the city of Carson if you want to give your resurrection offering that way. Or you could mail it in to our administrative building at 6701 Alondra Boulevard, Paramount, California, 90723. We also have an option where you could text through your phone to give. Go to our webpage, chapelofchange.org, and it gives you the number to text CHAPEL, uh, through your phone, and it'll give you the prompts on how to give through your phone. A couple special announcements to make. Um, tonight at our 5 p.m. service, we're going to have a free taco dinner. If you want to come out, come on out to our Carson campus. At, uh, you can get the address at our website. If you have not downloaded our phone app, Uh, Stay Connected to Fresh Hope has all our latest uh, sermons and articles and updates on the church. Go to our webpage, chaplachange.org. Download our phone app today, whether you have an Android or an iPhone. If you want to join my text group. In, in fact, I want you to join my text group. I want to be able to stay in contact with you and send you a text once or twice a week with inspiration as well as updates on the church. Text your name to this number on the screen. It is 562-393-7330. And lastly, this week, we are relaunching our midweek services And I'm going to start off by teaching a Bible study on the fruit of the Spirit. There's going to be two midweek services this week. Wednesday at 7.15 at our Carson campus. For those that live maybe in the Long Beach area, the South Bay area, uh, we're going to have children's ministry that night as well as youth ministry. They're going to be learning the same thing the adults are going to learn. So bring your teenagers. That's Wednesday night at 7.15. Or if you live... uh, north of the 91 freeway and you want to attend our on Thursday night, I will be teaching the same study at our Paramount location at 715 uh, uh, at our Paramount location. Again, we'll have children's ministry that night and youth ministry that night. I'm going to be teaching on the fruit of the Spirit, going to be teaching some transformative stuff that I believe will bless your life. We are so grateful that you tune in with us uh, every week as we study God's Word, as we pray as we worship the Lord. Now it's our tradition to end out with a blessing. If you're able, let's stand to our feet and I'll close out with a blessing. I would invite you to lift up your hands unto the Lord and I'll bless you. In the name of the Father, who loves you so much that he sent his Son. In the name of the Son, who came down to save us. In the name of the Holy Spirit, who rose Jesus up from the grave with all power, may you go this week with the protection and resurrection power from the Lord Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name, God bless you. God bless you. This is Pastor Brian. We love you and hope to see you soon.